Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, what's up? I'm sick. Rachel, um, she's settling into old age. <laughs> she's been sick with back pains. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even the back pain anymore. It's that I literally. It's one woke thing. up with a bad cold <laughs> this morning, and I'm like, "What is my body doing to betray me right now?" Yeah, that is true. I think it's stress. I think that's part of it. I've been yeah. very stressed lately. Yeah, very stressed out. But where I know we're going to have a great show today because there's a lot to talk about. Right. So should we get started? Let's get started. Okay. So the first story I want to talk about, I don't even think we've ever spoken about this story on the show, but it's pretty big and it's it takes place in LA. Yes. It's in West Hollywood. Yes. And that was the arrest of a man named Ed Buck finally this week. Finally. And this has been an ongoing crazy story. So I'll kind of give you a little background and then we'll get into what happened this week. I think we were like waiting to talk about it. Like we thought maybe we would do like a whole episode on him. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. So I'm just going to kind of sketch it out for you guys. Okay. So Ed Buck is, he's kind of like a businessman. He's a political activist. And then I read in his Wikipedia, he's also a formal, former model and actor. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me off because I was like, isn't everyone in LA? Like, yeah, they're always have this. Uh, so he, he made like a lot of money running some kind of data service company called Gopher Courier. Like that's how he got rich. Yeah. I, I always wonder when people get, how people get rich. Me too. Like, uh, and that's his way. It does make me feel like, God, I should just invent some app <laughs> or he, do some kind of tech thing. They always right. make billions or millions. I had never heard of him until this. No. these stories started coming out right. within the last few years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, it's really this story. I feel like it's been like a year. Has maybe. it only been a year? Okay. Um, so basically what happens is um, in the past, two African-American men basically OD'd in his apartment in West Hollywood. And the thing that was infuriating people is that no one was ever questioning him as being involved in any sort of crime in any way. Both deaths of these men were very suspiciously similar. Yeah, and it's like if two people die in your apartment, I mean, I would say that that's where you're. I'd be like, that's a problem. <laughs> like, yes, I mean, one is crazy, right? But to have it happen twice, and then there's other sus- like suspicious behavior surrounding these things. Like the men were usually sex workers. Uh, he was supplying them with the drugs, right? Like, so there was some kind of. And he was much older than them. Yeah, which in and of itself isn't that bad, but they're dying there. So what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. why isn't he even being questioned? Right. Uh, the police were not investigating this at all. So uh, this actually has been going on since 2017. Okay. So it has been like uh, maybe two years. Um, so anyway, people have been kind of outraged and furious about this for a bit. Uh, So this week, another man uh, almost OD'd. He did not die, but it was like finally what kind of broke the back of the police to fucking do something with this guy. And he is the one who's injecting them with crystal meth. Like that is sort of known that he's the one supplying it and kind of doing it with them. Right. Now, other things that have come out have been kind of like he uses the drugs as part of some kind of sex thing that he's into and that's how he kind of manipulates the men into doing things maybe they don't want to do like that's sort of some things I read that that people are suspicious that he's kind of doing um but as I said this week he was finally arrested 
they now saying that he paid at least 10 men to use the drugs. Like he was paying them to get high. Whoa. They weren't even necessarily doing it for themselves. Like they weren't necessarily drug addicts or into it. This wasn't your garden variety. P- no, he P&P was, that situation. was part of the thing that he was paying them to do was to do meth. Um, and then I guess do sex acts or whatever. Uh, so he was finally arrested in West Hollywood. Um, they have him like literally in a car, um, several of the men that did did survive have claimed now that they would lose consciousness after he would give them like alcohol. Um, he would also inject them against their will, according Whoa. to some of the men that are coming forward. And they basically would pass out and wake up in like this kind of situation, which is really fucking scary. Yeah. Um, and then some of them, unfortunately, uh, did die. He also would make them dress up in like things like skimpy underwear and like do these kind of things for him. So he was really like fucking using these men for his own pleasure, basically. So it's kind of like, it is as sick as everyone thought it was like, right. Cause it was one of those things where no one really knew what was going on, but we're speculating a lot and it basically is the speculation. So, uh, they're charging him basically with operating a drug house and they are giving him some of the charges are federal crimes, which really? would uh, make him uh, eligible for like life in prison, basically, wow. if he's convicted of these things. Uh, so he faces a minimum of 20 years in prison for all the charges that he's been uh, charged with. He did make an appearance in federal court today. Uh, he is He's being held without bond. Um, and then people were trying to contact his attorneys to get like statements, and none of them are basically saying anything. Um, uh, investigators have identified 10 additional victims, as I said, nine of whom he administered drugs to or strongly encouraged them to ingest narcotics as part of agreements to be compensated for sexual services. And that's a quote from the U.S. attorney um, who's prosecuting this crime. As I said, he was arrested on Tuesday night in his West Hollywood home, and that was less than a week after a man had fled his house fearing he was suffering from a meth overdose. Oh, my God. So he was in the process of ODing, and he knew something was wrong and left the house because this guy is not helping them right. when they're suffering from this. Like, he's not taking him to the he's hospital. He's not calling an ambulance. He's like doing nothing to help them Disgusting. when they're in this you know state. So the man was able to get to a gas station that night. That night, and he called 911. That happened on September 11th, actually. That gave them the break they basically needed. They didn't have a witness up until this point who was like tying him to this OD, like this drug kind of stuff. So, um, as I said, this had been going on since July 27, 2017. uh, And they had, you know, despite everyone's complaints, they were sort of monitoring this guy a little bit more and like sort of definitely had been sort of taking in what he was doing and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's good. And I'm sure this case will be a bigger deal because it's probably going to be a big trial. Yeah. Um, He was also, um, when he did show up in court today, he was wearing one of those vests. I think we talked about with Blake Libel, like the suicide vest. Oh. Um, But the police or someone said that the vest is something you wear if they're fearful that you'll harm yourself or if you will be um, harmed in jail. Right. And then the person added to like, he's not suicidal. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he's being threatened uh, wherever he's being held. I'm sure he Um, is. They're worried for his safety for whatever reason. I don't know if anything particular happened, but yeah. So yeah. I mean, oh, this one was really scary, actually. One man told investigators that he was he was hired as an escort in late 2018, and he drank a clear soda that Buck gave him, and then he felt sleepy and began to lose control of his physical movements. And then he said when he awoke, um, Buck was approaching him with syringes that were loaded with meth. 
Isn't that fucking creepy? <laughs> so it's I like mean, a Bill Cosby kind of like, yeah, like these men are going there willingly, but then he's drugging them to do whatever he wants. Like, right? It's like people who abuse sex workers because they think they're because, disposable. Yeah, and no because will, they don't see them as human beings. Right, and they it's think disgusting. they think no one will come after them it's or know that they're missing yeah. or whatever. Um, so yeah, we'll probably like update this story because I think it'll be a pretty big deal as more information comes mm-hmm. out. Um, another sort of weird story that happened, I think yesterday, was that the the masseuse who had been suing um, Kevin Spacey a sexual assault lawsuit died. Did right. you see that story? I did see that. Now he was. Uh, we don't know who this guy is. Uh, or what happened to him because um, he was suing anonymously, so no one knows who he is officially. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty fucking suspicious. Right. And like the case is basically um, dead in the water. Now, his family uh, could pick up the lawsuit, but then they would have to ad- um, say who he was. Right. So I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I think at this point, I don't know if he's guilty, maybe they should do that and move forward prosecuting him or whatever but like yeah i think it was a civil case so i don't know who knows what they're gonna do but it's pretty suspicious i mean everyone has conspiracy brain now well i think it makes it more suspicious because we don't know what happened right like no one knows how he died so there's no there's only speculation because it could have been natural causes absolutely uh and no one knows anything about him but he was the one who was working at a um spa and and Kevin Spacey came in for um, a massage, and and he whatever he did to this guy, uh, no one really knows what happened, but he sexually assaulted this guy in some way. Um, so yeah, so that that happened. Um, I, I couldn't help but think like. What must you feel? Like, what must Kevin Spacey have felt? Like, he must be relieved, right? Like, there's like some sick like that he's like happy about it, right? Like, look, I obviously saw a whole different side of him when all the creepy stuff about him broke, but I saw a whole other side of him when he posted that video of himself on Christmas Eve last year. Oh, yeah. He's delusional. Yeah. Like, that video is one of the most insane (laughs) things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget it. No. (laughs) Because, I, I mean, it's up there with, like, the Bill Cosby Father's Day message. Like the yeah. thing he sent out on I Father's Day. I think the Day. Kevin Spacey one is even worse. Oh, because there than was that. production value. There was a production value in it and it was scripted. Like he scripted it and he acted in it. No, it's absolutely worse, but it's along the lines of being so delusional. It's like, right. we all hate you now. <laughs> like you can't charm us anymore. Right. Like you're busted. Like let that part of your life is over. <laughs> Our big one this week is a really juicy, crazy story. It's a doozy. <sighs> Okay, so basically, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin with it because it's so much. But basically, there was a huge family feud between Nick and Aaron Carter this week that just went off the rails in like amazing ways and basically is still going on. We did talk to our friend Molly McAleer. She had to emergency text both <laughs> she of emergency us. Emergency texted us. And I was like, yeah, obviously I'm already doing it on the show tonight. Right. But I do feel like we have to have a deep dive mini sewed with her maybe in two weeks going over everything in detail because she texted us some stuff that I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> So right. maybe we can uh, have her on in a few weeks. And um, I have to say, as I said in the text message with Molly and Desi, that 
I, I, the Carter's reality show is like a really underrated reality show in the history of reality shows. I never watched it. It, Okay. Like I said before in the text, we used to watch that in rehab. That was like one of the television shows that we would all like gather around as like a group of like broken women and watch. And we would just be like in awe of this like insane family dynamic as if like our own lives weren't falling apart. Right. Well, that's, that's what reality TV is the best thing for. Totally. (laughs) Like we were like, we were like, wow, they're, dramatic yeah i mean it's like uh they're they're kind of trashy florida family they're right? a trashy florida family who has a lot of money and nick carter and aaron carter would always get in these insane fights it was just it, it was really great reality tv is nick nick is backstreet boys yes right so he was like the cute young one yes and backstreet boys um i actually was like when i first started saw this story kind of happening i i, th- I thought like New Kids on the Block was the best <laughs> boy band. Like they're like the best of well, all look, of those. That's your ones. era, Desi. No, but it's not. I was never into that band. Right. I'm just saying. I do think that they they were the mold that created like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Of course. And I feel like, but they were like sort of. I don't, I don't know. Like I just like I feel like Backstreet Boys might be my least favorite of the all of them. That's like. I don't think that's like an uncommon thing to say. And look, I hated the boy band thing when it was happening. I never liked any of them. I hated it. But now that I'm like an adult, if I hear one of those songs, I'm into it. I like some of the songs, but the whole idea of it all is gross. Like creating these, I mean, it's such a creepy, we'll do an episode on it. I mean, for sure. I almost did a few times. Perlman? Yeah. The whole, the whole machine of it all is gross. And I definitely want to hit on O-Town too. (laughs) And what about Take Five? I mean, there's a lot of those bands that were just like. Like, dude, they, every time there was a new one, it was like a carbon copy of a carbon copy, and they just got weaker and weaker and weaker. And I watched Making the Band, okay, like the can, original. Can I just <laughs> say something really quick about O Town? O Town was like, yeah, O Town was like the final level of multiplicity of like the boy bands, right. the water, like no one, like who even listened to that? I liked that show. <laughs> Was, was the, were they formed? They were the first the, making in the band. Oh, okay. O-Town. Okay. And Lou Pearlman was like a major character on the oh, show. He's so gross. He's okay, gross. so let me just say this about O Town. Okay. When I was 14, I think, O Town had a hit called Liquid Dreams. <laughs> and they played it on TRL all the time. And I feel like I was the only person who was like, uh, does anyone think this title, the song is disgusting? Right. Right. <laughs> Who said this was okay, Lou? Did Lou, Liquid Dreams. Did Lou approve this title? That is r- gross. Yeah, I remember that show well with Ashley Angel. Um, Ashley Angel Parker? Yeah, Ashley Angel Parker. Or Parker Angel? I can't remember what the fuck his name is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Angel Ashley. Angel Ashley. He was like the cute one. I right? hated all these fucking jackasses. O-Town is the worst, like... But I loved that show. It was so awful. Okay, so let's talk about Aaron Carter, who's okay. perpetually lived in the shadow of his much famer, much more famous and much better looking brother. Right, but Nick he had Carter. his own little shine for a bit because he was dating like who was it, Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan? That or love tri- that love triangle was iconic to my generation. <laughs> okay, so basically, what happened? Um, this very public spat started on September second when Aaron lashes out at Nick on Twitter. You know, this started on Twitter. Yes. So this started on Twitter. No, look, nothing good starts on Twitter. (laughs) Like if you're starting a family fight on Twitter, it's fucking going to go down. Like this shit is bad. 
so he basically um, starts this thing. I'll, I have all the tweets. So, and then things progress. Nick tweets out that him and his sister are filing a, his sister Angel, because there's another sister that will come into play later. They were seeking a restraining order against Aaron because he was increasingly, uh, they were citing his increasingly alarming behavior and a recent, recent confession by Aaron that he harbors thoughts and intentions of killing Nick's pregnant wife and unborn child. I mean, that is really scary. Yeah. So Nick tweets out uh, this tweet in response to these initial tweets by Aaron and he hashtags things. <laughs> He hashtags mental health, hashtag gun control now, and hashtag gun control. So he says, after careful consideration, my sister Angel and I regret that we were required to seek a restraining order against our brother Aaron today. In light of Aaron's increasingly alarming behavior and his recent confession that he harbors thoughts and intentions of killing my pregnant wife and unborn child, we were left with no choice but to take every measure possible to protect our family. We love our brother and truly hope he gets the proper treatment he needs before any harm comes to him or anyone else. So... You gotta love the hashtags for some reason. I love the ha- I love the random gun control hashtag. Right, as if this. Ha- I mean, yeah, that's like quite a political statement for a boy band, <laughs> like especially in Florida to make this. Now, Aaron then addresses Nick's filing of the restraining order, saying that he hasn't seen Nick in four years, and that he and his brothers are he and his brother are done for life. Uh, Aaron tweets. The first tweet is, "I haven't seen him in four years, and I don't intend." Take care, Nick Carter. We're done for life. I'm sorry. I know this is all really heavy, but at the same time, it's like insane to see something like this play out in tweets. Like with really famous people. With really famous people and like very serious like accusations. This isn't like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, right, you, right. You didn't pick me up, you jackass. Like it's like these are very serious. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron is not done at that point. Um, he also dredges up other allegations um, of abuse that were like, I guess made against Nick. Um, something he, he did with Paris Hilton in 2004. I that, guess they had some like, like abuse allegations between them. Do you know anything about that? Oh, that uh, Nick they were dating allegedly abused Paris. Yeah. That he kind of, who knows? Like, I don't know that story. I thought you might know. Um, no, but I do know that there was an accusation made against Nick Carter a year ago that didn't really go anywhere, probably because Nick's celebrity is not anywhere where it used to be, maybe. Right, I don't so it just know. wasn't a story that and took it off. Was, and it was one accusation, no judgment on the story whatsoever. That's not to say that's... That it's it not true. That it's not true. It just never went anywhere. It was an accusation yeah. from uh, one of the members of the band, Dream. Sorry. Look, Dream had two really good hits, <laughs> but it was an accusation that Nick Carter had raped this woman. Okay. I mean, we obviously have a boy band month coming ahead. <laughs> and then here, you know what? November is boy band month. November uh, is boy band okay. month. Okay. So Aaron tweets out pretty serious accusations about yes. this Paris Hilton thing. He says, it's basically like, at least I've kind of thing. I've never been accused of rape multiple times. I wasn't accused of beating of Paris Hilton, who's, who's violent. Hashtag cover up. Hashtag crazy like a fox. I like crazy like a fox. <laughs> I mean, none of these people are looking great in this argument, in my opinion. So I don't know. I don't know what these rape accusations are. I don't. I don't know that I've heard them. Was that one it that you the, heard? That was the only one I've heard. Is this one, um, like open letter or uh, okay that was written last year? Okay. And I have a vague memory of it, but I don't remember. But we'll get into it in a 
in an in-depth ep- episode. Yeah. Um, so then Aaron calls on Rose McGowan to get involved. Really? Uh, yeah. I guess she, he thinks of her as an activist. Wait, Aaron <laughs> calls... Aaron calls on Rose McGowan okay. to get involved in this Little fight. brother. Yeah. Thank he you. also um, contacts or at replies or tags Aphrodite Jones, who is a um, true crime journalist. So the first tweet to Rose McGowan is... Where is Mo- Rose McGowan when you need her? Cover up. Hashtag cover up. I'm here for these women. And he tags two of the women who accused uh, Nick of rape, supposedly. What are their handles? Uh, Ashley Rep and Melissa Schumann. Melissa, that's okay. the girl That was from the one Dream. from 2017. Yes. Oh, she was in Dream. Right by their side, and he spells there wrong, and I'm using my platform to help these women. Hashtag brave. That's like a very uh, sarcastic sounding hashtag, even though I do think he meant it sincerely. Like, I mean, this whole thing, like we're laughing, but like we do realize how like sad this is because this is clearly a family in turmoil and like yeah. two very messy people. Now his tweet to Aphrodite is, I'm standing by all these victims. Please, Aphrodite Jones, the victims all want to talk now. Maybe do an R. Kelly type documentary. Whoa. So Aaron also claims that Nick broke his nose when he pied Aaron in the face at a Kids' Choice Award. Oh my back God, in the that day. is so dark. Do you remember that? That sentence is honestly one of the darkest things I've ever, <laughs> I've ever said. Look, wait, what year was that? It's really long time ago. Um, I haven't, it's when Aaron was 13. So here's the tweet. Okay, so that was probably like the year 2000. And let me just tell you, Desi, I haven't earnestly watched the Kids' Choice Awards since probably 1997 <laughs> okay. because I'm old. Good. Now, Aaron says, I was 13, and he posted a video of this moment. I was 13. Look at my brother's face before he broke my nose with a pie at the Kids' Choice Awards during my acceptance speech. He's bullying these women with power and money, and now I'm back. I'm powerful and wealthy and healthy. Does he show the clip of the video? Yeah, but I don't know if it will play in this. Wait a minute. It's just a screen grab. So he's, like, young. This is when Aaron was very famous, like, his height of his fame, That was when he had so much promise as a singer or as, like, a star. Yeah, and he adds Nick cannot stop his own reckoning at the end. I mean, even though he was cheesy as fuck, but he had the most prompt. Beauty should be good for you. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013, disrupting the beauty industry by shedding the light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products that we use daily. Today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. So what do we mean by clean? Over 1,800 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. They call this their never list. You can learn more at beautycounter.com, where you're also going to want to check out their incredible products. Best of all, if you're a new customer and you order through March 15th, you'll get free shipping on your order of $100 or more when you use the code HOLLYWOOD. Once again, to get free shipping on your order of $100 or more, go to beautycounter.com and use the code HOLLYWOOD. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of it is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I know firsthand that there's nothing more frustrating than trying to pay something down and your payments are pretty much just paying off the interest. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. 
Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. So obviously, I do think we have spoken about Aaron before because he has had some troubles in the yeah, past year or so. He like he's uh, had some drug problems and mental illness problems. Yeah. Uh, so this family is definitely struggling and not well. Now, there is one more aspect to the story that's kind of fucked up. Like he now alleges that his late sister Leslie sexually abused him as a child. That's like the latest thing that right. happened today, basically. That. So his sister Leslie died a few years ago. I remember. Was it suicide or drug overdose? I think it was drugs. Yeah. So he so in the midst of all this feud that's going on, um, this is Aaron's twin sister. Okay, so th- we have Nick now, who's 39. Aaron has a twin sister named Angel. Right. They're both 31. Um, so, you know, as I said, they've taken out a restraining order against Nick. Um, he, against Aaron. I mean, against Aaron, I'm sorry. He So Aaron's own twin has taken a restraining yes, order. they're okay. twins. Now, Aaron um, also has said in the past week that he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, so he's, that's just something that he, uh, revealed and his, he also said, um, his sister, Leslie, who did die of drug overdose in 2012 also had bipolar disorder, which has never been said before. Um, he said that bipolar disorder runs in the family. I never wanted to tell anyone this, but I have to, he said, my sister, Leslie suffered from bipolar and took lithium to treat it. She never liked the way it made her feel. And when she was off of it, she did things that never, she never meant to truly to do. I truly believe that. I was 10 years old. My sister raped me from the age of 10 to 13 years old when she wasn't on her medications. And I was abused not only sexually by her, but by my first two backup dancers when I was eight. And my brother abused me my whole life. Wow. Now that, that is like physical abuse and like bullying, not sexual. Um, and so basically he's, uh, calling on Nick to finally come out and tell the truth. He says, now it's Nick's turn to tell the truth of what he did to one of the girls in my family. Since my truth is all out there and I hope all survivors of assault or rape find peace and justice. Obviously Nick's uh, reps are not commenting on this. So because of all of this that's going on, the LA County Sheriff office have actually um, had Aaron surrender the two firearms that he does have. He legally owns. That's probably why Nick said hashtag gun control. Yeah, so those guns uh, did get taken away from him, and he claims he just has them for protection, that he wasn't going to do anything with them. But this is like a fucking mess. Like, yeah, I this mean, is it's like crazy, really tragic. Was it this dark on the reality show? It was pretty dark, but it this is like definitely an escalation. But I do remember that there was this one fight that happened between Nick Carter and Aaron on the show that like all these girls and I were watching at the rehab and we were kind of like it's sitting there and like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's oh really my God. weird to see people go this far. But I'm telling you like their dynamic together, like you can see in this reality show, this was literally 13 years ago. We were watching. It was this. already there. 
That it dynamic. was already at an eleven. Their their dynamic. They were so abusive to each other. Both was of the them. sister were the sisters on the it. Sisters were on the show. The whole family was okay. on the show. What are the parents like? I don't remember the parents. Yeah. I just remember. So it was just I, the kids. I don't even remember much of the show except for that huge fight that they had at right. the house, and like someone took their shirt off. It was like a mess. Yeah, it's really wild. Yeah, because even like let's say the Britney Spears thing, it's not as sort of like as public. As this, yeah. even though that's kind of wild, like, but yeah, it's crazy to see this so out in the open. I feel like it's my family, <laughs> your Florida trash family. It's like this is like how my family would fight in person, this kind of stuff. Right. But it would never. I mean, who knows? Like, it would never have been like a Twitter thing. And obviously, we're not famous, but like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that dynamic where the accusations just start fucking flying, and right. like everyone's like, "Whoa!" Like, where did that come from? Like, yeah. and no one cares. And no one knows who's telling the truth because everyone's sort of one-upping each other. Yeah. It's like really hard to say like who's telling the truth. And maybe it's like a little bit of everything like yeah. is happening. Right. It's a lot of like resentment from years building up. Yeah. And, and I, then the fame aspect, I think definitely there's like a lot of bitterness. Absolutely. Uh, and stuff like that. And I really on. do help that Aaron gets the health, the help that he needs and gets healthy. Well, he clearly needs... Uh, some help. Something. Yeah. I hope he gets well. And if he is diagnosed bipolar, he, that's if he's not treating that, then right. that could definitely... But that's treatable. Yeah, and absolutely I, I treatable. I hope that he gets some kind of help. So, yeah. We'll keep following this story. And yeah. as I said, probably do an episode on it going into more because Molly had some pretty I'm telling interesting... you, we're going to do boy band November. Yeah. I already have some ideas. I do too. Um, what was the thing that Molly sent us that that tweet... Okay, so one last thing about this story is that when Molly sent us the screenshot of the tweet from Aaron Carter from, I guess it was like, it says 15 hours ago. So when was this? Like so earlier. this morning. So this was this morning. The, the, the tweet that Aaron Carter sent out that said, my sister raped me from age 10 to 13. Well, there is a at replier underneath this tweet and... Molly McAleer, uh, I believe she said he's the greatest uh, reply guy of all time. And he <laughs> truly is because this is some guy whose hashtag is Mets fan forever 69. Oh my God, so I have 69. to love him. Well, that's the year they first won the World Series. <laughs> um, no, he just likes 69. He said, Aaron, it sounds like you should talk to Dog the Bounty Hunter. He helps a lot of people out. I'm his number one fan. He's a good guy. <laughs> I like that people just assume all reality stars should interact. Right. Like, like let's just make the, the world's greatest crossover episode. It's funny because like, like all reality stars from 2006 should interact. Right. I mean, I don't even know what Dog the Bounty Hunter is. Like, how would he help? Right. I thought he was a bounty hunter. Right. So he's going to bounty hunt Nick? Like, <laughs> like I don't know do? what his... Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like he's right for the job. And also, didn't his wife just sign him? I'm sure he's, like, busy with, like, grief and stuff like yeah. that, like, right? I never watched that show. I mean, like, I saw some of it, but, like, I wasn't that into that I'm show. aware of who he is. I've yeah. never seen the show. Um, okay. Movie TV podcast recommendations. I actually have a lot this week. Do you have anything? I do. Okay. I just binged... I haven't finished it, but I binge like the first four episodes of Unbelievable. Yeah, I was going to bring that up On too. Netflix, it's great. I think you should watch it. The first episode, you're kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? And it's really good. It's like really compelling, even though like I was kind of like, what's happening? Like, what, what is, where's right. this going? But then all of a sudden, it, it gets, clicks. It clicks, and you're yeah. like, oh shit. And I just kept binging it. It's really good. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. I was going to also recommend it. Do you want to um, talk about it? 
A little bit. Um, so basically, this is based on a real story, and it's a don't ba- tell me the end because I don't know the real story. Okay, I won't tell you the end. I'm not going to tell you the end anyway. But <laughs> um, so it's basically the real story about a woman who was raped and basically not believed. And the gist of the show is that you will see two completely different police procedures on how it's a rape case is handled. Yes. That's not giving anything away. No. It's like well known. Um, so you're going to see like a very poor way of doing it and then you'll see how it should be done yes. basically. Uh, because the first the first few episodes focus on how this victim is treated. She's basically not believed and they even convince her that she is lying basically. Right. It's like a reverse confession almost. Like yes. how people force a confession out of someone. These people beat her down so much that she finally is like, yeah, 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 I'm a liar. And she's like the classic type of victim that isn't believed. Right. She's a, a foster kid who's kind of trouble and like has been known to kind of be dramatic. Um, even her like foster a mom or a friend of hers who's kind of like a mentor or mom figure kind of doesn't believe her either because she had also been sexually assaulted and she's like she acted she didn't act the way I acted when I was assaulted it's really good uh obviously it's a a sensitive topic if you're sensitive to that but it is really worth watching it's really well done um I also wanted to recommend um it's based on a This American Life episode that I listened to today, and that episode is called Anatomy of Doubt. So if you want to listen to the real people involved in the case, they interview her, the victim, the, the sort of the first victim, because there are more, um, who kind of started the whole process and wasn't believed, and they interview the people in her life. So it's a really good This American Life episode. Um, I also have other podcast episodes. I really made an effort to remember... <laughs> what I was listening to this week. The first thing I want to talk about, uh, I've only listened to one episode, but it's a Dateline one with Keith Morrison. So old school true crime lovers will get off on that because Keith Morrison. And it's called The Thing About Pam. Did you listen to that? I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. I, it's on, I think it only has two episodes so far, but it's definitely like an old school Dateline type case. So I, I definitely it. recommend that one. Um, there's another true crime one called true crime bullshit and it's about Israel keys. And that's a very in-depth look at that guy. If you're interested in that case. Uh, and then I have two that are not crime, but I feel like they, it's like a little crossover. The first one is called you're wrong about. Have you listened to that podcast? I've heard about this. It's really good. So basically they take cases that you think, you know, and the one I listened today, it was a crime one. It was the Kitty Genovese, uh, case. So it's like taking cases where you think you know what happened and then telling you what actually was. Like they have episodes on Tonya Harding. They have episodes on the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. Right. Like all of these cases from your life that you kind of have an impression of what happened and they're going to tell you like the facts. Um, So it's pretty good. It's very, um, I would say it's kind of like very straight up. Like it's not like a comedy banter you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's two girls talking or two women talking. The other one that's sort of similar and it's like, um, it's an NPR show called Through Line, and that has like a similar vibe to the thing um, that you're wrong about. They go through cases throughout history and kind of give you the real deal on what happened. And they'll have like everything from crime, politics, and things like littering. Like how did that whole like anti-litter campaigns, like all these kind of like interesting shows. So if you like a more NPR style show that goes through history and definitely has some crime crossover, then I would recommend that one. I just started listening to it. Um, and it's good. Did you have a podcast? 
Um, I've been listening to a 90 Day Fiance recap podcast, so we don't have to talk about it today on the show. Um, but I, the name of the podcast is called 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray. <laughs> and it's really funny. Okay. I recommend it. The other thing I want to bring up is that uh, one of our listeners, and we honestly have very talented listeners. Oh, when my you God. say that, Rachel. And we, I'm going to give we you... We really s- do. I'll give this to you because she only sent us one copy. Uh, her name is Lily Ristagnell, and she sent us her graphic novel that's a pretty much about the Mansons. So and it's cool. called Death Valley 69. You can get it on Amazon. So if you're interested in that case... Uh, check it out. Um, we really appreciate that, Lily. And it was really cool. And yeah. I'll bring it to Rachel so you can read it. Yay. Um, and yeah, thank you, Lily. Uh, if you want to share your art or work with us, we love it. Right? Yeah. I mean, people have sent us really cool things. So we love it and we we're, appreciate we're, it. Honestly, Desi and I, like we have so many ideas, like collaborations we want to do. And the truth is, we're not trying to blow anyone off. We're really just like figuring out how to run a business together right now. <laughs> and we have so many things on our plate as like we get so oh yeah, I got to I got to We need do to that. get our schedule together. We need to get our schedule together cuz now we're professionals. We're trying to be <laughs> pro- professionals together. So yeah, we're going to get our acts together and start working on more merch and getting stuff together. Yeah. Uh, We've just both it's been a really busy year for both of us like for a number of reasons, so we're we're, we're doing our best, but we also yeah. have like the coolest listeners. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Now, Rachel and I are actually going to New York City next week, speaking of being busy, to do some event with our podcast that's unfortunately not open for the public, but it will be really cool. But we're going to New York. So yeah. I thought we could talk about what we wanted to eat in New York. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the banana split. Finally, I'm so excited because now I'm I'm going to be able to share this experience with you. Yeah, so I'm going to have the banana banana split. I'm trying to compile a list of places I want to eat. We're yes. only there for a few days, but there's obviously multiple. <laughs> Look, we'll get up early. <laughs> <laughs> we should go to Russ and Daughters. I want to go to that Momofuku fried chicken place. Oh yeah, too. Of I mean, so we'll have a list. Yeah, um, we'll no, get I do. Have, I, speaking of fried chicken, I do have a funny little story. I will talk talk to you guys about. So uh, last night I went with my friend daily to some thing and it was like it ended up being not great we thought we were gonna get like food free food and drinks but it was kind of lame so I was like I'm fucking starving like I'll pay for food I just need to fucking eat like I'm not sitting around uh for free food when nothing's coming right and that's the only reason I'm here right right? I mean there was other reasons and I went with her it was fine so we get into a lift and I'm like talking to the lift driver and I'm fucking starving and we start talking about fried chicken so Mm. we and the lift driver are going off we're like, have you tried Dave's hot fried chicken? Have you tried this? And I was like, of course. Like, so we're like going off on fried chicken food that we want to eat. All the different fried chickens in the world uh, are in LA, not the world. Uh, <laughs> I'm so dramatic. And then uh, daily, I start talking about how I got the Popeye's chicken. But the one time I went, they had run out of pickles. Yeah. I think I talked about this yes. a few weeks ago. So he was like, fuck you. I didn't even get the chicken without the pickles. Cause I was like, I, you know, when I complained about that, I didn't realize that they were going to be gone the next day. Right. So I was like one of the lucky people who got one of the sandwiches, right. even without the pickles. And then Daly's, Daly said, then the Lyft driver and Daly start going off on me. Cause <laughs> you got the sandwich. Well, they start going off on me because they're, they, they're like, Daly's like, I, my dream is that you went viral 
when you don't get because I was like I when the pickles weren't there I almost fainted with rage because <laughs> we've talked about how I we get when we're hungry and Daly's like my dream is that someone was taping you while you got upset about the pickles <laughs> and it went viral so him her and the Lyft driver were like ragging on me I was like hey wait a minute <laughs> and then he said he's like they started acting like I would be the next pa- permit patty. And no, he, I was uh, queso Karen. Yeah, that's and he, you. And he said he called me Buck. He called me Betty, like Buck Buck Betty. <laughs> <laughs> and I like lost it. I was like Buck Buck Betty, and they were just like going off on me, calling me Buck Buck Betty. It was so fucking funny. I was like crying, laughing because I was like, that would be the best like white bitch. They're like, you're calling the cops. Like, excuse me. There's no, <laughs> there's no pickles on my chicken sandwich. Buck, buck, Betty called the cops. Like, can I speak to your manager? Like, it was so funny. I had never had a Lyft driver go off on me before. And I was like, I love this Lyft driver. And I gave him a big tip. Good. I'm um, That's t- the title of this episode, by the way. <laughs> You know what? Thank it came you. in on the end with something for you. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck, fuck Betty. Buck, I was like, that's Betty. the best one. It's way better than all the other white bitches. Yeah. Come on. So yeah, that's my fried chicken story. So I definitely want to try the Momofuku and I would even go to Momofuku because I've never been. Have you? I haven't been. So let's get like let's some go. Momofuku, get yeah, some Bosan or whatever. I'm like, honestly, like I'm like my heart starts racing when I think about all the like, like I become like, I'm like Templeton the rat. In Charlotte's Web, like running around the fair, like trying to get all the food. Right. And I, I've, I've already made plans where I'm like, okay, we have to walk a lot. <laughs> so we'll get like That's really good. hungry. We'll get our steps and in. And we'll get our steps in and we'll get hungry. Because right. I hate eating when I'm not hungry. No, yeah. I hate it. So, and I want to be hungry. I do too. So let's not eat any food that's not worth it because we don't want to fill up. <laughs> I'm, like I'm not eating any mediocre food while no, I'm there. I'm either. eating. I'm not filling it up at no, all. I want every bite to count. So I have a list from my friend Keith, the one who got dunked on by Lenny Dykstra. Oh, cool. He gave me. A, he's like a real foodie, so he gave me a few things that look interesting, and we'll compile our list. Perfect. So uh, we guys will give you an update next week on next episode, our next minisode. Yeah, what we fucking ate. Right. Right. We will. And I, I do want to mention something I ate last week. Um. I went to Shabbat at friend of the show, Sandy Danto's house last Friday, and I brought over a traditional Russian Jewish poppy seed loaf. This is a like oh. this is like a this is a pastry that I grew up on. Right. My childhood. Uh, my mom and I would my mom would always get it. But um so we were eating this after the dinner and Sandy's like, I'm going to make some whipped cream. And I'm like, why are we making whipped cream? And he's like, because we need to put it on. This pastry did not need whipped cream, but at the same time it did. Right. I was like, I really appreciated that Sandy. You got a next level pig. That Sandy was a was a pig also. Yeah. I that, love next level pigs. I love oh. meeting fellow pigs. Yeah. Okay. I, so okay, I have one more thing and then we can quit. When I was at the restaurant or the party or whatever it was, um, you could tell like all these people got invited for the free food and everyone was like ravished because they weren't really serving anything. And this one bitch was sitting at a table and she's like, I just ordered some fried chicken. Like they'll add it to their bill. And I was like, dude, you're like a legend. She sat down, she's eating the fried chicken. It was like fried chicken wings. She's like, you want some chicken? I was like, yeah. So I ate like two wings. And then on the side of the plate, there was a huge, massive pile of just shredded cabbage, like a garnish. This woman started grabbing the cabbage and shoving it in her <laughs> mouth. Like I had, 
I was at, my mouth was agape. I had never seen anyone eat like that in public before. Was the cabbage dressed with it? No, it was, it was dry shredded cabbage. And she was literally grabbing it with her hand and shoving it in her mouth like popcorn. Like, you, you know, know how what? you overstuff popcorn in your mouth? It's, That's how she was eating. And I was like, I literally stood. I was like, I am honestly respect you right it has now. has a lot of fiber, Desi. Was like, she was like, I've been starving. I fucking came here to eat free food and there's no free food. I ordered chicken and had it put on their tab. And now I'm shoving the cabbage in my mouth too like unbelievable I couldn't believe it I told the Lyft driver the first thing I told him was that story about the woman I think that's how the fried chicken right. came up uh, but yeah I was like I have I, I, I love really woman. respect woman a woman like that who eats like that if we need to get her on the show uh, yeah I don't know who she was uh, she just came into my life like a vision I <laughs> ordered chicken these and are my, left these are the people that I'm friends with these yeah. are the people I want in my life. Yeah. I and mean, she was kind of annoying, but the food thing was like stellar. It but was that like, makes amazing. Up for a lot. Yeah, it did make up for a lot. So it was amazing. Yeah. I just loved it. So right. that's get her it. on the show. <laughs> Let's get her on the show. Um, okay. Yeah. I guess it. that's it. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.